This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Hey there, good citizen of Gotham City. You are listening to The Dork Knight, where each episode we discuss a different facet of the Batman. We chat about things like his rogues gallery, the awesome gadgets, the Batmobile, everything. So uh, everything from comics to movies to TV to video games, you name it. If it's Batman related, we're going to cover it. And today we're chatting about Harley Quinn, specifically the first appearance of Harley Quinn from Batman the Animated Series. And uh, today's episode is brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Head on over to GetDeadly.com for some awesome, awesome coffee. You know, my, my favorite is Death by Chocolate. I say it every episode. I uh, just can't get enough of it. And also, every episode is brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network. Head on over to thedorkening.com to check out some awesome shows like That Strange Show, The Horror Squad Podcast, Creator Spotlight, Comics Paradox. You know, there's just about 40 shows on a network. There's a ton of awesome people doing a ton of awesome stuff. Head on over to thedorkening.com, which you can see all the latest episodes of all the shows there. And without further ado, here's some Batman. and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, welcome to the Dork Night, where we talk everything about the Batman. And uh, my name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard. And as always, powerful Brandon. How's it going, my friend? It's going very well. I hope you're doing well, too. Doing great. Doing great. Also, another friend, Justin Cooper. Hello. From Geek Life HQ. How's it going? It's going great, man. How are you doing? Going great. Uh, so today, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the first appearance of Harleen Quinzel. Uh, now, she's had many it, uh, iterations throughout the years. I'm going to throw a picture up on here. Uh, so uh, in the middle, we have Batman the Animated Series. On the right there, you have her in the uh, most recent movie. And then on the left is the new DC Animated, which is amazing. It is. Uh, but we're going to be talking about Batman the Animated Series. Uh, Wikipedia and uh, uh, the DC, uh, or actually HBO, are a little at odds. Uh, Wikipedia says it is uh, episode 22, where on HBO it says it's episode 9, uh, both of season 1 of Batman the Animated Series. And uh, we're also going to talk about, so that came out in 1992, September of 92, uh, we're also going to talk about Batman the Adventures, uh, number 12, the Batman Adventures. Oh, you mean this book? Oh, my God. Yes, that uh, book. Oh, jeez. Look at that. Look at that. Nice. It's, it's an 8.5, so it's not, you know, it's it's not perfect, but... Um, yeah, so 8.5, that means what? Is what, uh, 3,000, something like oh, that? Oh, no, no. I mean, it's it's okay, like anywhere okay. between 750 to 1,000. So Really? Yeah. Yeah, right there. I mean, if you have a 9.9 .9 or something like that, it depends. Like, 
your market fluctuates a little bit depending on what's coming out and all that and you know what what you can actually sell it for versus what overstreet comics are going to call it for you know that they'll tell you that oh it's worth 1200 bucks but what it's actually selling for is 750 yeah, so just, you know the, the word on the streets about 750 to a thousand okay well it's still a good chunk though oh yeah yeah i yeah. dude i picked that up for a dollar 75 at kevin's comics in southington connecticut so, <laughs> when, when that was crazy. around so oh wow uh so yeah uh the first appearance of uh harley quinn uh so it, we're doing it in two spots uh, the first time she appeared at all uh, was in Batman the Animated Series, the uh, the cartoon, and she was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, and uh, that was also carried over with the Batman Adventures, uh, which you just saw. We'll talk about that in a second. So the episode is covered uh, called Joker's Favor. So when a timid accountant accidentally runs afoul of the Joker, he promises the Joker anything. If the villain will just only let him go. It's uh, so Wikipedia says it's 22nd episode. That is incorrect. If you watch it on HBO, it is the ninth. Uh, it was and if you look it up on IMDb, it is the seventh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, with the different box sets and everything, the, the numbers all, all just look up. for the episode named Joker's favorite gang. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Just that's your best bet. Probably if you type it in an HBO pops right up. Uh, so the episode features the first appearance of the Joker's sidekick and love interest, Harley Quinn, who was later introduced into Batman comic book and eventually become a popular character of her own right. Uh, Batman himself only appears briefly in the episode. And uh, Charlie Collins, a mild mannered Gotham City accountant, is coming home from a bad day at work when he curses at a bad driver after the other drivers have pushed him aside. It turns out it's the Joker. He tries to escape, but the Joker follows him and has forced him into the woods where a car stops. He gets out thinking he escaped, but the Joker suddenly appears. Pleading for his life, he promises the Joker will do anything if he would only let him go. Joker agrees to let him go and makes Charlie promise to do him a favor, taking his driver's license. So although Charlie moves to another town, changes his name, the Joker tracks him down calls him two years later to obtain the favor. It's just so crazy. Uh, he goes to the airport where Harley Quinn is waiting for him. The favor is as follows. Charlie must go to a testimonial dinner for Commissioner Gordon. Open the door. That's it. He agrees, but anxiously sets up a makeshift bat signal before the testimonial starts. When he opens the door, Harley brings in a cake, which the Joker is hiding in it and deploys nerve gas to immobilize the police. Emerging from the cake, the Joker places a bomb on Commissioner Gordon's chest and bids farewell to Charlie. It also doesn't mention that uh, his hand is glued to the door handle as well. Batman arrives just in time to get rid of the bomb, which destroys the Joker's getaway van. A small fight ensues between Batman, his goons, and Harley before he faces off with the Joker. The Joker tries to set off another bomb. Batman is able to throw the bomb underground before it detonates. Joker escapes the commotion, only to bump into Charlie in the alleyway. The Joker laughs this off, but is surprised when Charlie belts him in the gut, knocking him into a garbage enraged. The Joker repeats his threat, but Charlie produces one of Joker's bombs he has obtained, uh, <laughs> and he appears mad, threatens to blow them both up to protect his family. Joker definitely pushed him too far. Batman arrives just in time, tells Charlie to stop, 
but he says the Joker is jailed. He'll just escape and do it all again. Terrified, the Joker gives up all the information that he has on Charlie to stop him. Charlie insists the, and throws the bomb at the Joker, who hides behind Batman. However, the bomb turns out to be a fake gag. The scene ends with Charlie saying, gotcha. <laughs> Batman laughs and tells Charlie to go home. As he arrested Joker, Charlie then walks away happily. This was an amazing episode. Absolutely yeah. Loved it. It was um, good. So we've seen different iterations of Harley throughout the years. Uh, and we know that, you know, later on it's adapted that she is a psychiatrist that, you know, uh, was assigned to Arkham to, and she ends up helping the Joker. That's where they meet. Uh, but in this episode, her first appearance, she talks about wanting to go to beauty school. So I think, uh, you know, this is definitely before, you know, her whole character was fleshed out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it must have been like a, a sort of a progenitor version. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, with this particular episode, the original script called for Joker to dress in drag. And uh, they they decided it was just a little too out of character for him. Like, like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, just it was too much. Uh, so instead, they created a female character that would be part of his, his gang for just like an episode. And instead, everyone really liked what they saw just from this one episode. She became incredibly popular, and she was upgraded to a, a major member of the Rose Gallery for Batman. So just goes to show you, I mean, it, 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 she was planned even at that point as a one-off character, and the the response to it was so good that now she's, you know, a big deal in DC comics and is, you know, has her own flagship cartoon series from DC universe ported over to HBO max. Now it's, it's a big deal. Uh, totally. Uh, absolutely love her character. And she's definitely gone changes throughout the years. Uh, I just, one thing I read uh, before the show, actually I read it earlier today. Uh, the actress that voices uh, Arlene Arkin. Is yes, yep. Arlene Sorkin. Sorkin, Sorkin, sorry, yep. yeah. Uh, so actually, Paul Dini, from what I read, got the idea of Harley Quinn uh, because he's been a good friend of Arlene Sorkin for quite some time. Uh, she was a actress on, I believe, Days of Our Lives, and there was an episode where she played a Harlequin. No kidding. And that's, uh, that's cool, it, man. Supposedly, that's where she got the idea. She wow. was um, so she, it, it's funny because Kaylee Cuoco plays her now, right? You know, Big Bang Theory and all that in yeah. the Batman Harley Quinn movie. Melissa Ranch from uh, played Bernadette on Big Bang Theory played her too. You know, and and yeah. I mean those are like the three actresses that have that have done the character because I, I I don't think that there's really many others. Maybe the Batman series had a different voice or something, but primarily it's Arlene Sorkin that's that's been doing it. Has you Tara know, Strong done her Maybe. I, I feel maybe, like she did it for a stretch. It, it, maybe she's the one that was on the Batman, but, um, you know. So, so the last time she voiced uh, Harley Quinn was actually DC Universe Online, The Last Laugh. Which oh, was 2010? Uh, 2012. A 12. Uh, 2011, she did a video game as well. Uh, Arkham Abby, Asylum? Arkham Asylum, 29. Yep. Um Let's see. It looks like Justice League TV series. She played Harley Quinn in 2003. 
That was uh, it. Yeah, that was uh, just one of the episodes where I think uh, Joker had hid bombs like all over the city and uh, Superman found them by looking to all the areas that were covered in lead. And that's where he found them because he just assumed that they would be places that he couldn't see. It was pretty interesting. Makes sense. Yeah, it was good. That was a good episode, too. But um, I, I was looking at this guy, and I, I was thinking about uh, Charlie Collins and the character design that they got for him. And um, it, it's not exact, but it just reminded me of the uh, the movie Thinner. You guys remember that one? <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. being yep. erased. Thinner. You know? <laughs> thinner. Thinner. With the, uh, the gypsy who was the dad from uh, My Big Fat Creek Wedding. <laughs> Michael Constantine? Yeah. <laughs> And I was just, I kept thinking of that while watching. Why you want to leave me? <laughs> Honey, did you see the pie? <laughs> oh, I ate it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a deep cut for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. Stephen King's Thinner. You can check I, it out. Yeah, you're really missing, um, out, really missing out on that flick. Joe, Joe Montagna plays Fat Tony in real life he in that movie. somewhat skinnier Fat Tony. Yeah. What's a moida? <laughs> I'm going to put this bottle of acid on your forehead. Yes. You will not want to move because if that acid falls out of the bottle that I have put on your forehead, it will burn your forehead. Well, you have to do the so eye thing. It's acid. <laughs> so if you will, the bottle on your forehead. Uh, so uh, apparently behind the voice actors, um, Tara Strong did play Harley Quinn in Suicide Kill the Justice League video game. Oh. Also, she uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy. That's actually brand new. That Suicide game. I don't um, believe that's been released. It's yet. not released yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it says twenty twenty two. So she voiced her in the new Space Jam movie. Yeah, the new Space Jam. Uh, also, DC uh, superhero girls, Teen Power. Okay. I I am yeah. very aware of that. I'm aware of that as well. Having raised two uh two young kids, so because I am a, a child that has Cartoon Network on frequently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, okay. So uh, also, so we're just gonna go down the list as of uh, dates they've been out. Uh, Jillian Jacobs uh, will be voicing Harley Quinn in Injustice. Oh wow! Um, Justice League. Dark Apocalypse War was uh, Hinden Walsh. I'm not familiar with her. No. Uh, Sino Alice video game has Harley Quinn. That's uh, um, an Asian woman, Rhea Kujimiya. Okay. Uh, and then obviously Kaylee Kuoko is uh, the new show, which is fucking amazing. Uh, I'm so surprised that you guys like it. So, like, I, I saw the first episode and I was like, yeah, it, it really took a while for it to grow on me. I liked it a lot right away and the way it's ended recently, I'm I, I still like it, but not as much as I had previously. I'll put it that way. There's just some things like when it when it starts ramping up again, I'm curious to see how it how it moves forward. That's all. I mean, I I'm pretty much there to hear um the JB Smooth plant. Um, with this Frank, that's a that's him and King Shark and oh, uh, Clayface and all that. Like all these other characters. Love King Shark. Jason Alexander as as it, was it Mork or whatever their their landlord and I think yeah. Rhea Perlman's in it. Yeah, Cyborgman. Yeah, Cy Cyborg. Cyborgman. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm like it's 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 Duckman. You know. What the hell are you staring at? I didn't even think of that. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, but the whole thing is just so off 
the wall, you know, it's like the episode where they're uh, they're trying to free the the um, the woman in a book. Oh, yeah. Um, the Queen of Fables. Yeah. Queen of Fables. Uh, or I think they just freed her. They're doing something where they're by a park and uh, she needs to, like watch, you know, uh, you know, for anybody to come. And I guess one of the family that's having a family reunion at the park sees them and they come back. She's killed everybody. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. And she says, got to kill the bloodline. Yeah. yeah otherwise they'll come after you. Yeah. <laughs> Wanda Sykes. Yeah. Wanda Sykes. I, I also get a real big kick out of Alan Tudyk as Clayface. Oh, the Just best. Oh, yeah. The oh, overacting yeah. Clayface. Like, oh, wonderful. And Dr. Psycho and the Joker. I mean, he's he's so versatile. Uh, so yeah tara strong uh actually looks like she played harley quinn quite a bit uh batman versus teenage mutant ninja turtles uh justice league 5 uh more dc uh hero girls the lego cosplayed as harley quinn at convention yeah she she looks just like harley quinn she does yeah uh Margot Rubin uh, was Harley Quinn in the Lego movie too. Um, yeah, it, it's actually was Tara strong in the, the Batman Lego movie. Cause the, by the way, that's an excellent Batman movie. And like oh, that might yeah. actually be in my top five Batman films of all time. I, I hear that a lot from, from uh, like mega Batman fans. It's, uh, it's so good. And, and I mean, like there's character growth, there's everything there. And I'm like, wow, I didn't think that I would love this movie. Like I do. <laughs> but you do. I do. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Jenny Slate. Oh, Jenny Slate. Wow. Jenny Slate. A, a new oh. Massachusetts girl right there. She's uh, Judy in the Great North, which is another amazing show. Oh, I do love the Great North. Yeah. Uh, she's the nanny in Muppet Babies. Nanny wears green striped socks. Pass it on. Oh, <laughs> Deep Muppet Baby cut there. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, they need to release that. Oh. Yeah, um, I, I didn't think that they owned it or something. So, like, I know Disney didn't have the rights to Bumpet Babies. Uh, I don't know. Marvel made the cartoons. So yeah. <laughs> go figure. Yeah, but, in, uh... in the comic, it was under the star label with um, Thundercats and, like, some of the, the weird ones that they had, like like Johnny the Elf or some crap, you know. It was weird. Thunder. Thunder. So, Thundercats. I mean, we've, we've, had a, we've had a lot of uh, different players behind what has comprised what we we know of as the character of harley quinn at this point yeah yay that's 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 a a lot of takes on one character regardless of the medium you you know what i mean and and of course the margot robbie one yeah exactly of course you know and but when you think about like the relatively short amount of time that this character has even existed that's a lot that's there's a lot of versatility for the character obviously and it's it's good to see that they've actually um they've found some players that work particularly well for the version that they're trying to convey uh and then they haven't been afraid to go out and cast other actors to to give their take on it and to, to put their own distinctive uh spin which that's 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 cool man it's pretty impressive you don't get that an awful lot with very many other characters no, and, and especially a character that was supposed to be like a throwaway character that, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's definitely the popularity really grew. And it, it's great how her, you know, um, her history has changed over the years, apparently. And we will cover this on future episodes, but apparently her, her origin story completely changed in New 52. 
in the Rebirth Batman, uh, there are two Harley Quinns. Um, there's okay. She was a pretty big player in um, Death Metal as well. Death Metal, but it was in. I, I don't know if this is considered an Elseworlds or not. Uh, Batman White Knight. It's an Elseworlds. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it is. But that was an excellent story. That was really oh, good. The yeah. sequel was pretty good too. Yeah, uh, but that's where we get the two Harley Quinns. You have, uh, okay. you know, one that's more original, and then one that's like, uh, so you have like the the Batman animated series version, and then you also have like the the uh, sexy like New Fifty Two version. Yeah, you know, I and the, I hate the sexy version of Harley Quinn. I really do. Like, this, I just don't dig it. Yeah, I I really love the 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 Harlequin costume and in the the Arab you know the uh, uh the acrobatics and gymnastic yeah. moves and stuff like she was she was bouncing around and part of what made her so dangerous was how frenetic she was um and that was perfect for the joker because she was an absolute dangerous distraction um and i prefer that she did it with those feats and the fact that she actually could just harm someone in any given moment uh, as opposed to like this overly sexualized version of the character like i don't dig on it like it, it... well actually uh in my research for this and, and we'll definitely need to cover this in a future episode but uh mad love uh her first graphic novel yep um Great and book. Actually, actually they turned it into a batman animated series episode uh but you know there's a point where she is very sexualized trying to go after joker um that's a whole aspect of the Harley and Joker um, relationship that a lot of people don't get into. The fact that Joker is a hedonist. Joker is a lot of things. You know, and I even put out there, Joker probably has some sort of like like appetites for stuff like that. Because they even talk about in The Killing Joke and how he would frequent the prostitutes and stuff over there. You know, and it's it's a circumstance where, you know, sometimes you, you think it's like, oh, well, he's wacky. He's silly. Yeah, but he's got like other stuff going on psychologically. Oh, and yeah. she was such a good foil for him because she kept him grounded in reality as well. And we we get to see like the two sides of, of their relationship at times where they're like, oh, he's just being abusive and stuff like that. Where it's like, yeah, but how do we know they're not role playing or how do we know there's there's not this? Because it's like he's crazy as it is. It is highly possible in this relationship that her as the, um, you know, like the doctor and all that is psychologically manipulating him to pull the strings. Highly possible that that's that's the thing. And I've never seen anybody gone down that road with it. Even like the best scribes that have touched her, like the, the people that get Harley the most are Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmolati, the husband and wife team. And, and I mean, Amanda Connor has like always done like the best uh, Harley stuff. So but um, e even like with them, it's like I always would have loved to see them like embrace that that idea of like sexuality as like a method of control, you know, as, as opposed yeah. to just like we're just doing this to sell fanboy comics and stuff. It's like, well, why don't you, you know, take a look at it like in Watchmen, you know, or so something like that. Well, it, it is, you know, true to life. I mean, stuff like that happens. Exactly. So. I yeah. think they do kind of touch upon upon that a little bit in White Knight. Uh, where you're right, you're right, White Knight, because they even did that whole thing where the artist did like he's like, Oh, here's the unedited thing, so like, and that was a big to do, yeah. But, like, but oh, we see Harley's press, so but but Harley Quinn, you know, has some pretty meaningful conversations with, with Bruce slash Batman, 
uh, over the course of that because, you know, he's trying to figure out what Jack Napier's next move is and what have you. And she goes on to explain a little bit about what their relationship was and how, you know, it was, it, she was more in control than, than it would have appeared. So, so am I mistaken? Is the two Harleys in that? You had one that was the original Harley that left when he got too crazy. And then there, and that's when. Was, uh, yeah. Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Yeah. Who, when he like went for, like he, he was, there was just nothing she could do to try to pull him back anymore. Cause that's what she had been doing. She'd been trying. That's what she gets into when she explains it. She left and this other, this other woman showed up and she was just a full on like Joker fangirl. Yeah. And far more dangerous because she was unhinged, and well, that's, she became, that's like punchline that's too. That's that that's that overly sexualized version of Harley Quinn that we've had. But once again, like this is White Knight, and it's a black label like Elseworld yeah. thing. So it you know it's not canonical per se, but it's such a great idea, like how they played with it and said like, oh yeah, the reason why you saw a shift in how the character looked is because they weren't the same person. And Harley explains to, to Batman, Harleen explains to him, like, Jack was so, like, Joker was so far gone at that point. When I left and this new girl showed up, he didn't even notice. He, he continued to think we were the same person. And they touch on that a little in Mad Love, like that idea where he goes to replace her and he does like these auditions, right? And he has the guy, he's like, why does Harley have to be a girl? He's like, next. And then he gets the girl who was as close as possible, but you know she's like the maybe the Kirkland brand, you know, <laughs> or something like great value brand. brand. Yeah, back in the day we used to say, "Oh, it's the Kmart version," you know. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I mean, so so they they're probably taking the White Knight from that animated series idea and running with it. It worked. I'll, I'll say because yeah. that yeah. was a superb series, and like I said, the sequel was really good too. I, I, yeah, I and you got Funkos now too. Oh, from oh. White Knight? Yeah, there's there's White Knight Funkos now. Oh, that's awesome. Know. That's yeah. dope. Um, so I want to touch on on this as well. Uh, the Batgirl Adventures, uh, Batman Adventures number 12. Played by um, Melissa Gilbert from Little House on the Prairie. Oh, really? Laura. Yeah. Yep. No figure. Man, such such cool looking art. Yeah, this is, well, uh, Bruce, Tim, uh, Paul Dini. It's definitely an... Uh, Great storyline. Uh, you don't have Batman in it too much. It's uh, mainly Barbara is uh, a Halloween party. She goes dressed as a uh, Batman type person, which uh, turns out to be Batgirl. She goes on her own little adventure. Uh, starts off saying, "Oh, it, you know, it'd be awesome to be Batman for the night," and uh, she gets to explore it. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> it's a monkey's paw, isn't it? <laughs> it's just got the uh, the Yvonne Craig sort of thing, minus the purple color, but like it's it's very uh, reminiscent of uh, Yvonne Craig from the 1960s Batman. For sure. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, and uh, so she comes across uh, Harley and uh, and um, Poison Ivy, and then we also get to see Catwoman a little later, who's uh, they're out to steal a diamond. Which her father has uh, ensured that it would stay safe. Yeah, she uh, she really like she really threw snake eyes on this fucking Halloween party, guys. Like <laughs> she, that's that's so Barbara Gordon's character, just always the wrong place, the wrong. Yeah, time. like I mean, she she wears a, a a you know feminine Batman outfit, then ends up 
going toe to toe with what one, two, three Batman villains. Yep. <laughs> one right after the other. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, <laughs> Catwoman. I love how they went like right to the nineteen sixty six style fucking tied up trap too. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so great. They even have like the psychedelic uh, lines too. Where it's like... <laughs> I know. Yeah, they do. She's like she's she's waking up from her her stupor and she's got like visions of herself floating over her head with waved waves of color like all right I want some of what she's smoking man Good yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and then like oh quick pick up your dart gun poison ivy which thankfully they left right next to your hand and uh, shoot your dart underneath me it, like I love I love Ivy's reaction when it's like or I could just shoot you. What purpose would that serve, Ivy? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? This is your chance to get free, stupid. <laughs> She's yeah, I mean, but that's like in in this universe, Ivy is just terrible. She's turning people into trees. You know, she's like taking over families and cloning cactus monsters. Yeah, she's she's not the the person that you see in the new one. You know, not at all. I do, I do miss like fair skinned poison ivy. I will say, like, yeah. Instead of the green one, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like I get like things have shifted and changed, and that's just how it is now. So it's like, all right, you know. Yeah, but I always like the I, I always like that poison ivy was like one of those rogues that could kind of still slip into and out of a crowd. You know what I mean? Like, I think she became like an agent of the green at one point, like after. You, Something with, like that, yeah. With like a swamp thing or something, so it's like like something happened, and, and yeah. like that was some like Killer Croc. Killer Croc when when Hush came out, now he looks that way. You know, it's just it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, this is how it is now. So when New Fifty Two rolled around, it's like, yep, now he looks like a dinosaur. You know, whereas before he could pass as like a just a guy with scales. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people lost sight of that too when. uh I mean, not that I stand in defense of this movie fucking ever, but Suicide Squad. Um, oh, yeah. When they had Suicide Squad come out and, you know, Killer Croc looked the way he did in that movie, I'm like, okay, that's like, that's classic. I, like, I didn't hate him in that film at all. I'm like, all right, they didn't give him much. He showed up, he did his job, and he shut up. It's like, like there were people that really had a serious problem, and I'm like, eh, what the fuck do you want? I mean, they, they cast like a fucking six foot six dude. <laughs> To play Killer Croc, who as the guy a that played Adam Beasy from Oz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and yep. you know, he, like he is a character that is supposed to have atavism. Like that's his thing. They they stuck with that, and that is classically more classically what the character looked like. And people are like, why isn't he like eight feet tall? And you know, this that and the other thing. I'm like because it's not a fucking video game you've been playing, dickhead. <laughs> you're, you're Croc. It has no tail. <laughs> uh, this is bullshit how is he supposed to swim fast uh, what is that that's your takeaway all right cool man whatever how does he swim fast yeah oh, fucking ridiculous but um yeah it, i mean i understand to the appeal of having some of batman's rogues most of them kind of have that like warped um physicality to go with with the, the warped mentality um it, it, there's something that harkens all the way back to even like the the 66 show where they always did like dutch angles whenever it showed the villains uh yeah. you know scheming and what have you it always they try to show like this skewed sense of reality from these characters 
And of course, it adds to the idea of them being misfits and outcasts from society if they don't look like somebody who could operate in regular society. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yeah, so they did that. Uh, I think they said it's and you basically you said it uh, just now, but it's because they're crooked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they, they're just like they're skewed. Even the like, panels were. In they that. look, they look at everything slightly different. Yeah. You know, and and the, and the color schemes are usually different. Like Harley is someone who it's like she's stylized, and they picked that because they're like, oh, we want the character to look like this. But generally speaking, when you have a character like Joker or something like that, you're going to use the like your your secondary colors like a green and. You know, like Magneto originally was supposed to be purple and and um, and green, you know. But I, I guess there was like an issue with that. But all oh, your God. villains start out with those those sort of secondary colors, and um, Harley's kind of an exception to that, which is is kind of funny. But uh, yeah. do you guys notice that the coloring on her mask was off? No. Like her mask was like her Domino mask was not black in the comic. There, it was red. Oh, I didn't notice that. Mm. Yeah, and I've seen that before. Oh yeah. They they try to do stuff with her where it's like oh it's like it's like uh, like a crimson but it's kind of like black and red it's got like a red tinge to it it's like well you know you know what would have been cool if they made the right side of it black and the left side of it red yeah that's that would have been a cool one too yeah go like juxtapose it with how the the top of the the mask I mean the the hood goes you know what I mean so the the black part would be right underneath the red and the red part right underneath the black I I love this costume just. Absolutely. I, I remember the first time I got to play her in Injustice and, you know, I had to, I'd bought Lemon Nerd. So I like bought all the downloadable content and all that. So I had to get like this costume and all that. And it's a, it's so cool looking. Yeah, it really is. I actually kind of wish they had kept this red mask, though. That that's kind of that's I, I like it. That's dope. And it must have been it must have been like a coloring issue or something like that for the series, because I, I know they had a limited palette. I think they only had like 16 different colors. I, I was watching um, uh, on on Pluther. I was watching the <laughs> uh, the commentary with Bruce Tim, and uh, he was talking about how they had limited color scheme for the uh, for the cartoon. Hmm. So it, it's probably something along those lines. They're but like, oh, we can't do red with the blue eyes. It's crazy though because oh, okay, I get what you're saying. The red with the blue. Okay, that makes sense. All right, I thought we were still talking about the comic for a second because I was like, they did it correctly on the cover. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the, true. Then the rest of the issue, it's red. Hey, whatever, man. I oh, am. Yeah. Yep. You know, it happens. I dig it. I mean, Harley Quinn is DC's Deadpool, and it's it's the biggest character next to Batman and Superman is Harley Quinn, w- without a doubt. You know, um, bigger than Wonder Woman. I'll, I'll make that claim. You know, uh, it's she's she's huge. She's just oh. has this huge universal appeal that you know you you like her if you like antiheroes. You like her if you. You know, like female characters. You like her if you like fun characters. You know, she she's just got this this uh, sense that really appeals to a mass audience. And, and she's gone the uh, the route of being a rogue to where you know she she has her own series now. Yeah, or, I, well, I remember her, her first album. series from two thousand one. You know, when uh, Terry Dodson was doing the art on it. So, and and I mean that was a great series. They talked about how. You know, she got her reflexes. Her origin came from, oh, well, she was working with the the Joker and all that. But then when she left to go work with Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy gave her a serum that enhanced her reflexes. And that's become canon. So oh, it's, I didn't know that. Yeah. So she is immune to the poison from Poison Ivy. So, you know, that it, I did know. I, I, yeah. I did know. But I thought, yeah, 
I knew that I had I thought it had something to do with like her her uh, she was able to like her levels of uh, toxicity rose because of her exposure to poison ivy over time. But I dig that whole. That's that's thing. very possible too. But it's like with with so many hands in the kitchen, you know, it's like all right, who's touching this now? So it's like yeah, that could change any minute. Yeah. But so, the reflex thing is cool. Yeah, that's why she could do all those flips and things like that. And I mean, canonically, she can take out Robin. Absolutely, she can't take out Nightwing. Although she did have sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, that's the thing. It's like she is a formidable person. Nice. And uh, she's now with uh, Poison Ivy in the new show. Uh, yeah. So I I didn't know that the show was going to go to that place. But um, I mean, good for them because it's it's something where. You know, I mean, it, it's a direction where it followed the comics, and it's it's a popular direction. It's a direction that's very progressive, and I mean, that's that's comic yeah. books for you. Oh, totally. Yeah, and like and on the break- well, I was gonna say on the other side of it though, like in it, it, you know, I think it's great, and I, that's why I'm saying like I'm I want to see where it goes from here because I I'm just I'm nervous about it because it's just like any any other TV show or anything. Like, okay, so they just got together romantically. What does that mean now for for the show? Like, how does that continue with character development? Because if it becomes like stagnant, then it's not going to be interesting anymore, and no one's going to care. You know what I mean? But the other side of it too is like, I kind of, and this is not a knock on them showing a same sex relationship, not at all. Like, I'm all for it. It's just like with these two characters, um, not being Poison Ivy and, and Harley Quinn, just like main characters of the show. Man, like they were such good friends. Like sometimes there's something to seeing just a, a good yes. friendship on on screen or or in a book or anything like that. Like you know, two guys who who listen. Like two women can love each other platonically. Two men can love each other platonically. It yeah, it's not always, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always have to. It doesn't always have to become like a romantic thing, especially if people are shipping it. You know, like, yeah. That's great if that's what you would kind of like ideally like to see. But you know what? Let's explore what it's like for like people who just genuinely enjoy being like in one with you know in one another's company, and that's that. Like it's not. It's it doesn't have to be like a a romantic love. Uh, like I, I have, I have my best friends who I, I, I love. I love them. I tell them I love them every time I see them, and they do the same for me. Now, if we were a television show on Netflix or Fox or anything like that, by season two, one of us would be fucking the other one, and it's just <laughs> like that's not always how relationships go. And you know something? Some of the best friends that I have are also gay, and once again. No one's getting ready to fucking throw down in the sheets, but we love each other. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't that it can be a platonic friendship, regardless of what one person's sexuality is, what what person's preference is, and um, you know it's it, there's something to be said for showcasing a a deep and meaningful relationship that isn't with someone that you are in a romantic relationship with. There's value to, to relationships and friendships like that. And I'm just I'm just saying that to, you know, for the other side of the coin. Uh, I would have liked to see that play out more between the characters, but where they are, I have no problem with that either. It's it's just now I'm nervous because okay, they've said I love you and they're clearly gonna like be a thing, but where does it go from there? That's that's my that's my main story concern. Just like 
okay, well, how do you up the ante? Like, don't have this constantly be like a breaking up and fighting because you're in a relationship now kind of thing. Like, don't turn it into that because the show is more than that. It's more than... No, I was just going to say, so it's more than just a uh, kite man being a horny all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. I freaking love it. And and that was that was so indicative of the Tom King run too, yeah. where it's like he always had like jokes about Tom about uh, uh, kite man. Yeah. But, but what I was going to say about Harley Quinn is like, I was thinking about what you were saying there. And, um, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, why does a character always have to be in a relationship and all that? And I'm like, you're right. But then I thought about it and I'm like, at the core of who Harley Quinn is from the inception of her character, we have always seen her in some sort of relationship. She had her Stella gets her groove back sort of moment, you know, in the 2000s where she's like, oh, I left the Joker. I'm an independent woman and all that. Now we're seeing this section of her life because we in 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 Leo. I know. Um, I don't know if you've read this, but I know Brandon and I have talked about how um, he he was not a fan of Heroes in Crisis, but um, <laughs> Heroes in Crisis was what the a fuck really is that big, book about dude. Yeah, it was a really big deal. So it, and it and it had a lot of stuff where Harley Quinn was basically framed for murder along with Booster Gold, and it turns out at the end it wasn't any of them. But yeah, but it, it turns was, out the guy who killed Wally West was Wally. Yeah. Wally West? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it, it was like some stupid like it suicide so thing, and it's just like convoluted. yeah. There's there's nuggets of it though that are good, and so it's like some of the work done with Harley Quinn in that, like the emotional groundwork and all that, sets up for eventually what's going to happen with the character when you know she again has to face her her uh, fears and face the Joker, and she has to face like pale you know copies of her like Punchline, you know, who is basically a ripoff of Harley Quinn. So, and, and you, you get to the point where it's like, all right, well, maybe she deserves a little happiness right now. Maybe she should be in a stable, well, somewhat stable relationship and all that. So I, the way I see it is she's at this point now because she's evolved to that point through all the crap she's been through. And she's only been around like 20, 27 years or something. Like, I don't even know. But the thing is like, you have a, you have a very good point. For the overall character of Harley Quinn. However, within context of just the cartoon show that we're talking about, that is not the case. No, and definitely not. Saw, yeah. And what we saw her was was in a horrible relationship that she was able to finally break out of. And even though she wasn't in the thick of it still, she was still in that relationship and she had to finally break free of that like mental confinement. And she did. And that is how she realized, like, the people surrounding her, like, she actually did care about and wanted in her life. And it was more than just, like, committing crimes. Like, they became friends. Yeah. And she she really leaned on Poison Ivy, who was a very good friend to her. And that, I think, is very important for a character that was going through the things that she we saw her going through. And... I would have very much liked to see her being independent and having the support of her friends while she's figuring stuff out and they're having, you know, goofy adventures and what have you. Now they've turned it into a romantic relationship between her and Ivy, which I don't care. Like it could have been between her and a guy in the group, whatever. And it's still the same thing. The dynamic is going to change. And I don't think that that's going to serve the stories they're telling necessarily very well. Like, it's great for representation. It really is. Uh, but how is it going to fit with what everything was building up to that moment? Because once they started making it about 
Harley saying to herself, like, oh, my God, I think I, I actually, like, love Ivy more than just a friend. And think about how much of the story it be, that became that from that point on. Okay, now you've reached the zenith of, of that 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 uh, story, that, that point of thinking within the context of this story. Where do you go from there? Like, what happens when Ross wins uh, Rachel? Hey, hey, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying this this whole time. That's yeah. that's what I'm getting at. Like, yep. I it, it just it feels like they may be setting themselves up for like a. Oh, Sam and Diane got together. We don't care anymore. Well, see, oh, see, that's you- the thing. It's a DC animated series, so chances are they're always expecting to be canceled. So- <laughs> <laughs> well, we got HBO in the mix now, so it's... Uh- and they uh, seem to be very pleased with it. Yeah, totally. So we're getting a season three. We'll find out. Uh, and it's slated for either end of this year or beginning of next. So uh, within hopefully next several months, we'll uh, we'll have it. Yes, I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be watching. I actually, I watch it with my youngest uh, child. We we watch it together. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, at age fourteen. Uh, so you know, it's, I, um, I, I watch it's, it with my no kids, but yeah. I but I mean, I watch it with a child sized uh, adult. Oh, okay. Our accounts, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's five foot one. She's she's Keebler elf sized. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, well, Harley is definitely a uh, you know definitely a strong character, and we just touched upon uh, you know her her creation. Um, we definitely need to dive more into her history. Uh, we'll get into the nooks and crannies uh, on another episode. But yeah, um, any uh, final words before we wrap it up? Um, this was this was a great like first step into looking at Harley and Quinzel, aka Harley Quinn, uh, one of the now major players in the Rose Gallery for Batman. Um, very interesting to note that she started off just as like a throwaway character because they didn't want to put the Joker and drag in an episode, <laughs> and 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 now you know coming from the one episode she showed up in, we are having a conversation about the vast appearances through several types of media. I mean, we're talking. Cartoons, comic books, uh, movies, video games—friggin', it's it's outstanding to see how much this character is permeated, and more to the point, uh, how we touched upon some of the toxicity that um, her relationship with the Joker had been steeped in initially, uh, and the character has grown to be far more independent and away from that to you know be an antihero that can actually have more of a you know a reason they talk, you know, a reason for being. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's just really kind of great to see what the first appearance for each medium, comics and cartoons, how they represented her fun from the word go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll dive more into, uh, especially her new 52, which I read, they added, uh, more of her family history, uh, you know, gave her more, you know, uh, reason for how she is, um, but we'll definitely dive into that. Uh, so, uh, Justin, where do you like people interacting with you? Um, best places on Facebook. You can find me, Justin Cooper, or you can find me in the um, Epic Shells Facebook group. So that's uh, that's for social media. You can check out my other podcast, Geek Life HQ, or um, Epic Tales from the Sewers, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast. Awesome. Powerful, Brandon. Uh, I am on Twitter at Brandon's Powers and on Instagram at this Brandon has powers. Uh, I'm also over on Facebook. I have a group there called Powers Combined. If you want to come on over and join us, 
uh, just a bunch of dorks and geeks getting together, having fun, sharing memes and information, having a few laughs. Uh, the number one rule there is don't be a jerk. If you violate it, you will be booted immediately. Uh, and aside from all that, uh, I am appearing on the Dorkening podcast every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Cool means. Uh, speaking of Dorkening, I run the Dorkening Podcast Network, uh, about 40 shows on the network. A lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. So go check out everybody's work. For me, just Google Leo Pond. You'll find me. Uh, but, you know, it's more important you check out everybody else because uh, they're a lot better than I am. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> oh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.